Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here is your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to my 457th ever show of all around sports. Reach Monday at noon Eastern time. We broadcast live from Florida to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened last week and what's ahead for this week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. Well, my highlight of the week is, again, the New England Patriots winning their sixth game in a row with a resounding victory over the Tennessee Titans, which enabled the Patriots to leapfrog again the Buffalo Bills, who beat the Saints on Thanksgiving night. So the Patriots are now in first place in the AFC East. They've played one more game than the Bills. So they're 8-4, and four, and the Bills are 7-4. and four. And they're meeting a week from tonight up in Buffalo for what uh, is really one of the games of the year up to this point. So the Patriots have found the formula of great defense, an excellent running game, and careful, error-free, football by rookie quarterback Mac Jones, who's just getting better every week. And I don't mean to suggest that he wasn't uh, bringing it yesterday through a beautiful pass in the opening drive to give the Patriots the lead, hitting Kendrick Bourne in the corner. And then what was the highlight of the game was he hit Kendrick Bourne again uh, later in the game, the second half, on a crossing pattern, and Bourne uh, eluded tacklers and tiptoed down the sidelines for a 41-yard touchdown. It was an amazing play by Bourne and uh, really some special stuff there. So it's just incredible what they're doing. Uh, they started 2-4, and four, and now they're 8-4, and four, and it's just remarkable. And uh, as Bill Belichick has always liked to say, uh, the season starts on Thanksgiving weekend, and uh, I wouldn't argue with that since the Patriots uh, over the past 20 years, of course, including Tom Brady, have uh, always had just outstanding records in December. But we're really, really going to find out what they're all about in the pressure-packed away game at Buffalo next week and in the same light we're going to find out what buffalo is all about it's a measuring stick game although keep in mind the the titans were basically the top afc seed but they have no derrick henry uh but they they had some uh good plays yesterday including a long run at the end of the first half uh which had to have belichick 
climbing the wall because he is the inventor of the strategy of uh, score at the end of the first half and score again to begin the third quarter. And uh, that's been a tremendous formula for success over the years for Belichick and the Patriots. But anyway, they won with a strong second half, and they're just looking amazing. You could make the case. Some are making the case today on all the various talk shows, ESPN, what have you, that uh, Patriots are the best team in the AFC East, uh, or in the AFC in general, excuse me. And we're about to find out uh, a week from tonight, so that is going to be fun stuff. Well, my bizarre story of the week is the Indianapolis Colts not running Jonathan Taylor till deep into the game, as in like fourth quarter, next to last drive. Uh, and that strategy practically gave away their game to the Tampa Bay Bucks yesterday, who took full advantage as they got back on track uh, after losing to Washington football team in their most recent game. Uh, but they got back on track as we like to call them at the New England two-minute Tom uh, Brady, of course, who led them down the field in the last three minutes for the winning score, leaving the Colts with just uh, literally about 10 seconds. Uh, and they made it interesting because they had a 71-yard kickoff return to give Carson Wentz a chance at a uh, Hail Mary. Didn't work out. Uh, the Bucks intercepted at about the two-yard line, and that was the game. Uh, but the highlight of the game had to be the reverse uh, of the uh, Colts strategy of not running, of which they've been very successful in Jonathan Taylor. Of course, their running back is in the ra- in the race for MVP, need we say more. But Leonard, the, the Bucks did run it, and Leonard Fournette was playoff Lenny once again, as he had four, repeat, four touchdowns. And he's a beast, and he looked like it, especially on his long run, where he just, like, by the time he got to the five-yard line, uh, you knew there was absolutely no chance that anybody was stopping him from getting into the end zone. And uh, so the Bucks are kind of back on track. They've been uneven. But, of course, uh, you know, they're... Back on track, finally, again, maybe, perhaps. They've had an uneven year, to put it mildly. And, uh, of course, last year, they come back, come off the bye week, won eight in a row. Uh, they never lost. They won right through the Super Bowl. And uh, they didn't do that this year off the bye week. That's when they lost to the Washington football team. And so there was a bit of panic down here in the Tampa Bay area. But uh, I think they got everybody, uh, everybody, everyone's nerves calmed a bit. Uh, it's a big win. Colts are a very good team. They've been on a roll. And the Bucks went into their house and uh, came away with a victory. And Bruce Arians, the coach of the Bucks, his postgame press conference was fabulous, where he basically said, nobody can run on us. Uh, period. And uh, the, the Tampa Bay defense, which was huge yesterday with turnovers and uh, whatnot, uh, you know, but Arians just put it out there that nobody runs on the Bucks, which was uh, pretty fascinating to see, to say the least. And uh, that brings me to my low light of the week, which was the Pittsburgh Steelers getting absolutely shellacked 
by the Bengals, and there has to be serious concern in Steeltown now. Uh, they, of course, made that amazing comeback to uh, last Sunday night against the Chargers out in L.A. to uh, come close to victory, but then they gave up a long pass to Mike Williams for a touchdown, and that just kind of did him in. And uh, and it really f- seemed like they felt the after effects like that yesterday. So the Bengals swept the Steelers this year, and yesterday they beat the Steelers like no team I can remember beating the Steelers in forever. So just an amazing, uh, you know, amazing victory hats off to the Bengals for them, but the Steelers were just frankly a mess pick six by Ben. Um, and the defense just had no prayer. You cannot overstate the loss of TJ Watt to the defense. He's one of the best defensive players in the league, if not the best. And he simply, uh, has been injured and they're just simply not the same defense without him, not even close. And, uh, so, yeah, it's just, uh, again, just something Steeler fans in Pittsburgh and worldwide are not used to seeing, you know, which is the Cincinnati Bengals literally manhandling the Steelers. But they certainly did that yesterday. Uh, there's breaking news today as we stick with the NFL. Mike McCarthy tested positive for COVID, so he will not coach the Cowboys this Thursday night in a big game against the Saints. The Saints need to get right after being bowled over by the Bills on Thanksgiving night, which I kind of referenced earlier. And now, uh, you know, the game is in New Orleans and the uh, Cowboys are without their coach. And uh, so we'll see how that all plays out. But that's just coming across uh, ESPN Sports Center uh, and the noon edition. So pretty big breaking news. Another game of note yesterday, and they're all of note this time of year, uh, it seems, or most every one, Packers and the Rams. The Rams are just uh, reeling. They've lost three in a row. I think Matthew Stafford has thrown a pick six in each. Sean McVay, who boldly uh, said he was going to fix things, uh, he didn't get them fixed. And it's tough to fix things when you're going into Lambeau to play Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. And, uh, but the Rams, you know, as we know, they may, they've made all these huge moves. Uh, they brought in Odell Beckham Jr. Once the Browns released them, uh, they traded big time, uh, gave up a lot to get Von Miller, who did have a sack. I noticed yesterday against Aaron Rodgers, um, but it wasn't enough. And, uh, so yeah, they're the, uh, you know, the game, the Super Bowl is in Los Angeles this February. And it just appears undoubtedly that the Rams are just going for it. The Super Bowl all in this year uh, with the Super Bowl being played in their stadium. And uh, so far, it's not working out very well. It just isn't. Robert Woods got hurt a few weeks ago, and it's you can sense that maybe that was a bigger loss than might have been first, uh, you know, first thought of. When he went out, but uh, I don't want to overstate it, but you know that it's Robert Woods, but the, the Rams are just not the same again. They've lost three in a row, and they're barely, uh, you, you know, they're uh, 
number one seed, which was seems like a distant memory, but <clears throat> very recent. They were atop the NFC seed, and uh, and now that's just disappearing. The Packers are now the top NFC seed, and uh, the Rams are reeling. So now let's take our break, and next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well, where we will dive into the epic Iron Bowl, Alabama-Auburn game on Saturday, uh, and all the other fabulous college football games on Rivalry Weekend, and how it's all looking for the... uh, for the upcoming conference championship games and also one of the biggest uh, coaching changes uh, in years in college football. Just an absolutely shocking announcement, and we'll get into that too, so don't go anywhere. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies radio show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton, a former admissions officer at the University of Pennsylvania and featuring her fellow admissions and college finance experts from Bright Horizons College Coach. The show shares what colleges are really looking for and how to highlight your hard-won achievements for the best chance at success. New episodes air every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. A brave heart is anyone with the courage to be of service to others. If you have that courage, then Brave Hearts Radio with Brian Reinbold is for you. Even if you aren't yet, you'll want to still tune in to get inspired, create your own story to share, and change your life for the better. Listen to the stories of service and courage shared by amazing guests and your input too. Listen for Brave Hearts Radio, Mondays at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Remember, doing good anywhere does good everywhere. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. 
Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports, and I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the year of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well, joins us. And A.P., how you doing today? Hey, I'm doing very well, John. Thank you for having me on the show. Our pleasure, as always. And uh, AP, I was thinking of you uh, a lot during the past week. You've been doing some great things and interesting things, but I don't think you did anything more interesting than being in attendance, as always, at the Iron Bowl, where Alabama snatched victory from the jaws of defeat. And AP, just an amazing comeback. I think one of the best ever, uh, even by Alabama standards. And AP, there was moments late in the game that it, it just appeared impossible that Alabama could come back and win that game. Yet they did. It was just amazing. Four overtime, by the way, it took. John, they shut him out in the first half. The score was 10 to nothing. I, I, it felt like to me it was about 30 to nothing. That point. Really? Okay. Interesting. I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know if Alabama would be able to score and come back. Uh, there was really serious doubts about them scoring, and you know they didn't. They didn't score until um, the third, the the, um, the fourth quarter. Think about that. Alabama team averaging 40, 50 points these last half a dozen years or whatever, and you're you're scoreless again. Right. And you're a nineteen point favorite or twenty point favorite again this year, and you're losing. You know, Texas A&M, that was a, a, a 19 or 20 point uh, favorite over them at College Station. Amazing, AP. I mean, you know, Auburn, uh, Jordan-Hare Stadium has been a, been, a, been a house of horrors for Alabama over the years, especially yes. when compared <laughs> yes. against all the other places they go in and dominate. And uh, uh, tough stadiums that yeah. they would and dominate, but you know, you're in, you're out, AP. This just, you know, is such a good reminder in this game above all, and it is the most important rivalry game. It's the most important game of the year in the regular season every year. It has been for a decade, in my mind. Um, yeah. Yet, uh, that you know, we're the lesser team, typically Auburn just gives Alabama all they can handle. And it's just such a, you know, an amazing thing. And this year I just thought, oh, really? Like not much of a chance. Bo Nix was out there starting quarterback and he had a, a solid backup quarterback. No no doubt T.J. Finley. But, uh, yeah. but, you know, nonetheless he's going up against Alabama. But they're home. And, boy, again, you're right about the 10 nothing halftime lead. I, I, when I first saw that, my eyes popped out of my head. I couldn't believe it. Uh, right, then, right. Se- seven, seven nothing, John. Seven nothing halftime. Right, right. Um, oh, right, exactly. Seven nothing. But it did go to 10 nothing, if I'm not mistaken. End of the third quarter. Ten. Right. Zip. And, wow, there you go. Shut out for three quarters. That that's in <laughs> itself is utterly <laughs> remarkable. Well, AP, uh, you know, watching it on TV, Gary Danielson, uh, the CBS announcer who, who I like a lot, I think he does a good job, but when Tank Bigsby 
failed to get out of bounds on, I believe, the second yeah. down play. Uh, the the minute they stopped right. him on the next play, Gary Danielson, and he, he's yeah. good at doing this. He just said, if Auburn doesn't win this game, they're going to come back to the previous play where Bigsby yeah. could not stay in bounds. And, and to Alabama's credit, the guy, the Alabama defender, basically dragged him out. Um, yes. But, you, you know, and Danielson hit on that, and boy, uh, when, you know, when it went to overtime, you had to say, like, oh, that's why it's going to overtime, because he, he failed to get out of bounds, or stay in bounds, excuse me. And it would have run something right. like 40 seconds off the clock, which would have simply not left enough time for Alabama, yeah. short of uh, yeah. Hail Mary. Right, right. Yeah, and considering uh, they had to go 97 yards. Correct. This 97 is... yards. And uh, that, was a, that was a minute and 11-second drive. They scored with 24 seconds remaining on the clock. Yep. And AP, Bryce Young will now, no matter whatever happens in the future, Bryce Young will forever have that drive uh, and be uh, immortalized in yes. Alabama lore, especially if uh, Alabama uh, goes on to get in or and or win the national championship. Uh, so, yeah, um, again, Bryce Young, he, he came of age in that moment of time, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that was absolutely, his highest right. moment, I, I believe, uh, because you uh, playing a rival, the day has not gone well for you and not, has not gone well for him. You know, that was under under 50%. He ended up, uh, John, with the passing, 25 for 52 with one interception. Right, right. And that's what makes it all the more remarkable, AP. And back to my earlier statement that there were times when it seemed impossible. And I think one of those times for Alabama to come back, one of those times was clearly when they, you know, took the snap 97 yards away from the Auburn end zone, there was nothing much to make you believe that Alabama could go 97 yards in a minute or so, a little over a minute. Right. But they did. They did. And, yeah. and you know. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, I'll... John, 17, 17 punts in the game, seven wow. by Alabama, 10 by Auburn. And then you remember now, Auburn is without their, their outstanding kicker. Unders Carlson. Oh, right. You're the kicker. Yes. Good you know, point. The kicker. So he was injured, and you know their 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 kicker, uh, Ben Patton. He made two, one from thirty three, and one in the overtime for forty forty nine yards in the overtime. That was not easy. Exactly. Yes, I, I agree. I agree. AP on TV at the end of the game, even at the end of regulation, while the game was still tied, but after the Alabama touchdown, like you said, in those last sort of 24 seconds, the they were showing crowd shots of uh, Auburn fans. AP, they, they set a new standard for having looks of dejection and disbelief, not dejection, disbelief. The looks disbelief, were... Right? Yeah. Yeah. The, it, total disbelief, AP. They were just... Uh, the kind of thing you'll never forget, really. I, I you know, no. they were just stunned 
by what they had just seen. And again, that was before the overtimes even started. And boy, wasn't that something, the overtimes. Uh, being there, that must have been electric for you and everyone else. Yeah, John, I was actually on the field for the overtimes and with about five wow. minutes left in the game, uh, moving for forward. You. So matter, matter of fact, John, I was on the sideline when Alabama was trying to score going towards the Auburn student section with their band. And Bryce Young threw a pass to John Meshi. It went off his fingers, and it went right right into my thigh. Are you kidding me? No, yeah, you can watch the watch the tape and uh, I DVR'd it. See that I'm play. gonna have to. I'm gonna have to go check that yeah. out. That's awesome! Wow, you, you you've been on the field yeah, and for I, amazing I, things. I, I could have caught it. Really? I'm sorry. Well, if you'd have caught it, AP, that would have counted, counted as an Alabama touchdown for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, but I was no filming at the it. time. Yeah, yeah, John, I was filming at the time, and I didn't want to let go of my phone. So right. I knew it was going to hit me, so I just let it pop me in the thigh. It didn't hurt at all. But right. I, I, it was just a, it was, it was interesting. John Mechie slowed the, uh, slowed the velocity a bit by going off his hands, right? Slightly. Slightly, slightly. He just grazed slightly. his hands. Yeah, just grazed his hands, actually. That is really cool. I love that, AP. That is awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, intended. I mean, AP, you've been to many, many, many Alabama-Auburn games, not to mention Alabama games in general. You know, where does this rate for you, personally? I mean, when you're up close to Football's grazing off your thigh. That has to—I have to assume it rates pretty high. Yeah, I think the 2009 game when Nick Saban—that was the third year—Greg McElroy was a quarterback, and they're trying to go undefeated, and they had to make a drive at the end of the game. It was the third down play, I think it was near the goal line, and they cleared out the running back. He caught the touchdown. Uh, I think the running back is number five. I forgot his. Last name Roy, but I, I forgot Roy's last name. But um, that that was pretty dramatic uh, ball game, you know, for the Nick Saban era to be on the road. You're trying to win your first national championship, and it comes down to that that drive for for Alabama and Julio Jones and company and um, you know, Mark Ingram, and you know his, his Heisman here. And, you know, it's, it's, you got to beat your rival, and, and they've been giving you. Uh, uh, you know, a headache all all game, and it comes down to that that last couple of minutes. So, I, I guess you know, and there's been some all those other other ones where the ball bounced funny over at Auburn, but I think those two, the uh, 09, and then this one in 2021, pretty dramatic. Wow, that's saying something, AP. No doubt about it, given your history and all the games you've seen for years and years, uh, but. You, you know, absolutely worthy that it's an all-timer. That goes without saying. Even from someone like first you overtime, himself. John. Yeah. What? First overtime, John. First overtime, right? Exactly between the two teams yeah. ever, right? Right. They've never gone into overtime. That immediately elevates it to you know yeah. a, a new standard, shall we say? And. The fact yes. that it then, you know, they didn't get it settled in the first two, and then they go automatically to the two-point conversions, which is really exciting. I mean, you know, it just is. Yes, um, 
And, you know, the fact that it got to that point, and so there was two of those, uh, makes it even more epic. So, AP, just amazing. Great description of the game. Makes me feel like I was there listening to you. So, I'm glad you were there, and gee whiz, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing you're pretty glad it went to overtime to allow you to witness it all from the field, right? How, it doesn't get any better than that. No, yeah, there's uh, unscripted drama during the Iron Bowl. It's uh, it's it usually it frequently happens that way. Right, right. Now it's just again, for my money, it's the best rivalry uh, of the last decade or more in college football. The actual games, uh, to, and uh, yes, yes, yeah, and finally one of the other top rivalries. Uh, delivered uh, a tremendous game, to say the least, uh, and that, of course, would be the Ohio State-Michigan game. And why don't we uh, take our first break now, but we'll touch on that and the meaning of that, which is massive for the college football rankings, it it appears. Uh, But why don't we get to that on the other side, so don't go anywhere. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Today, our 40s sit firmly in midlife. We are starting to feel our place and have many productive years ahead. But now is the best time to plan for our future life. Listen for 45 Forward with host Ron Roel. From retirement to health and technology to caring for our parents, no topic is off the table. We don't have a roadmap to our actual future, but we can start to plan more effectively. Tune into 45 Forward, Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more, we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you ready for a shakeup in your online entertainment? Then listen for The Information Edge with Darren Yancey. It's time to take a fresh look at the politics of our economy and its impact on you. Darren and his guests will explain these rights, legislation, and observations in sectors that affect people around the world every day. Imagine a podcast that makes you stop and think. That's The Information Edge. Tune in every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Central, and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Voice America presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. Show host Sharon Kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleina Hour is health from an environmental perspective. Your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. 
Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Streaming live, the leader in Internet Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. listening to all around sports with your host john inglesby become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788 that's 1-866-472-5788 or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net now back to the show voice america listeners welcome back to segment three of all around sports and i'm your host john inglesby to join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And we spent the previous segment with A.P. talking about the iconic, now iconic, Alabama-Auburn four-overtime game that AP attended and uh, was actually on the sidelines for the four overtimes in Jordan-Hare. And uh, and so we covered that quite well, and there was another epic rivalry game played on Saturday at noon Eastern before the Alabama-Auburn game. And that, of course, was Ohio State at Michigan, the big house, 110,000, with snow swirling in the air, which really, really added to the uh, watchability of that game. And just classic uh, Big Ten football, if ever there was one. And heard something of of note there with that game that – it was the most watched ever game on Fox Sports, uh, uh, certainly for college football and, and maybe beyond. Um, and it was that kind of a game because Michigan and uh, hadn't beaten Ohio State in what felt like forever. Jim Harbaugh had never beaten Ohio State. And uh, it was becoming a thing. It was already a thing that Harbaugh couldn't beat Ohio State. And uh, and Michigan just really played well from the get-go, uh, took an early lead, and uh, it just felt a little bit like an uphill battle all day. And when Ohio State did start to get rolling, it felt like Michigan had the answer. And uh, so it was just a tremendous game, to say the least. College game day was there. Uh, excuse me, Fox was there, and uh, and just you know to say the Michigan fans were fired up, like they really felt you could sense they really felt like it was their day. Um, and Michigan was coming off beating Penn State down in Happy Valley, um, so they're a good team, and now they might turn out to be a great team. And one poll, uh, the Football Writers Association of America poll that comes out on Sundays, uh, Michigan jumped to number two. Uh, 
in that poll. Um, so we'll see how it all pans out. I mean, you know, let's face it, beating Ohio State, <laughs> you're going to you're gonna jump a few rungs. So, AP, I know you were busy uh, over at the Iron Bowl, obviously, but I'm sure you were well aware of what was happening up in Ann Arbor on Saturday early afternoon. Yeah, um, Ohio State was exposed again for the rush defense, I guess. Michigan ran all over them, and Jim Harbaugh finally has his victory over the Buckeyes, and now they have to beat, I guess it's Minnesota. That'll be, what, Indianapolis, John? And he can Correct. be in the college football playoff. Exactly, exactly. And, uh, you know, all credit to Michigan. You, you know, they were just ready. They have those two outstanding defensive ends who uh, made their presence known big time on Saturday. And AP, it does set the stage for the Big Ten championship game. But what is really going to be the highlight of championship weekend coming up, without a doubt, the game of the year up to this point will be uh, the Alabama-Georgia game. Uh, SEC championship game, as always, in Atlanta. Uh Georgia has been the consensus number one team basically from the start of the year, uh, pretty much getting unanimous votes in recent weeks as the number one team. And AP, as always, you'll be there. So that is just uh, seismic, to say the least. Yeah, unbelievable game this year. Georgia's defense has been overwhelming, uh, dominant. All the words you can um, come up with from the dictionary that described giving the offensive team fits. Correct. And, uh, you know, it's been, been fabulous. It really has, AP. Um, you know, I did not realize Georgia was going to be this good. Um, I don't know that too many people no. did, and I'm going back to last summer. You know, Georgia's one of those teams, uh, you know, they're always in the hunt now. Uh, you're in, you're out. Alabama's typically the favorite, uh, so it, it, w- it wouldn't be right to say Alabama's always in the hunt. They're, frankly, always the favorite. And in my mind, they still are. Uh, and they are until I see somebody beat them. And in particular, AP, you know, they are until Georgia beats them. They Let's not forget, you know, Tua burst onto the national stage by throwing the overtime pass to beat Georgia in the national championship game when he relieved Jalen Hurts. And then Jalen Hurts returned the favor that, Next year, I believe, in the SEC championship game when he relieved Tua. And, uh, of course, I always think of that game, AP, as Jalen Hurts threw that day like we never realized he could throw to go with his running game. And, of course, they then beat Georgia. And both times, in both games, it felt like Georgia, you know, kind of had the upper hand. But both times, Alabama came away with the victory. So here we go again, AP. You have to be very excited. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I think that Alabama, uh, their offense is much better than anyone that Georgia has faced up until this point. The best yep. quarterback was probably the uh, Clemson quarterback early who had a, a poor game and kind of a, a, a season that was unexpected from a performance standpoint. And the, the, the Tennessee had a good plan. Their, their quarterback was played much better uh, during the latter stages of the year. But Alabama has these two wide receivers, John Meshie the third and Jamison Williams, the Ohio State transfer, and two good tight ends that are athletic and can give you uh, trouble as well. 
I think it's going to be something new for Georgia. But Alabama's offensive line has not performed very well, and they're going to blitz Bryce Young. But good thing he's mobile and he's pretty, and he and he's fairly good throwing on the run. So it's going to be quite a challenge for Alabama. It is, it is. But you know, AP, I'm sure you would agree. Alabama coming off their offensive performance to win the Iron Bowl, i.e., 97 yard drive at the end of regulation to tie it, and then. Uh, winning out in four overtimes to win it. Uh, AP, they have to come in on a big-time high. They really do. That offense is going to be feeling it when they hit the uh, turf in Atlanta on Saturday afternoon. Yes, yes. In, in Alabama, the running back department is depleted. They have uh, one healthy running back that's on scholarship. Uh, Brian Robinson the third has a lower right. Body injury, so they're not sure if he's going to play, and uh, so uh, it, it's going to be quite the offensive challenge for Alabama. But when you're not 100 percent healthy against such a tremendous Georgia defense, exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, it's going to be fun. But you know, again, I, I I don't think you can overstate the importance of uh, you know how confident the Alabama offense will be coming in. Um, but Georgia's a tough opponent, AP. They've beaten, uh, you know, a couple teams come in. I think they were both undefeated. By that, I'm referring to Arkansas and Kentucky. Uh, and they both went into uh, be between the hedges in Athens. And yes. Georgia whipped up on both teams pretty easily. And that's, I think, when everybody kind of like, uh, said, recognized how good Georgia really was, to say the least. Yeah, especially their Arkansas game. I think it was 37 zip, and they just annihilated them that day. Annihilated. Arkansas didn't have a chance. Exactly. They they both you know they just dominated in both games, and uh, yeah. Uh, well, AP. The entire college football world cannot wait till Saturday at 4 p.m. for the SEC championship game. It is the, uh, again, it's the game of the year, period, up to now. And I wouldn't be shocked, AP, if we look back after it's all said and done in late January and say that was the game of the year. And that's why uh, we'll all be tuning in, uh, to say the least. And you'll be there. And AP, I know you go every year, but. With that said, you, you have to be a little extra excited for this one, right? Oh, yeah. this yeah, Alabama, will, I don't believe, will be in the playoffs unless they beat Georgia. And this there is the go. ultimate challenge for a team where, where the offensive line has not played uh, consistently and had their issues with teams that blitz the quarterback. And, and Alabama is fortunate that Bryce Young is a mobile quarterback and able to throw on the run. And uh, the defense is has been confused in the secondary. And last year when they played in Tuscaloosa, Georgia was beating Alabama with Stetson Bennett, the fourth, 24 to 20, and Alabama shut them out in the second half. So, and Georgia's been trying to beat Alabama for years, and they come so Correct. close and, and you know, played them tough as anyone and kind of had some coaching errors along the way. And, uh, you know, Devontae Smith with the, the, the touchdown on the second and twenty six. I mean, the Georgia folks will never forget that. It was in the Dome in Atlanta. So right. they're all charged up to beat Alabama uh, for the first time 
in, in a pretty good while, and especially when it counts. But Georgia can see, Georgia can take a pass this game. If they lose, they're still going to be in the playoffs, John. Right, exactly. Yeah, Georgia's going to be in. So, yeah, so it's a de facto elimination game for Alabama, quite possibly. Yeah, I mean, the, this Alabama team, John, uh, they have tremendous firepower when their passing game is, is uh, in sync with those two receivers. And like I said, the two tight ends. And Bryce Young, uh, I think he's the leader for the Heisman. Uh, right. He's been about 70% or so the entire year. He has 40 touchdowns. I think it's three interceptions. And highly productive as a first-time starter under offensive coordinator Bill O'Brien. So this Alabama-Georgia game, it's, it's fabulous. No doubt about it, AP. It's going to be great. Well, on that note, why don't we take our final break? Still a few more things to get to, including discussing the uh, seismic college football coaching change. And we'll get to that on the other side. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Listen for Go to Health Radio, featuring host Jonathan Marks and health experts from around the world who bring evidence-based education from Western, alternative, and holistic practices. We bring together you, seeking relevant and proven information for your healthcare needs and reputable healthcare experts and companies who offer quality education for your benefit. Monthly, we also share continuing education for medical professionals. Listen live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Variety. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Foxworth Theory is what you need now. Hosted by Eugenia Foxworth. Each show brings a unique guest from many walks of life. From authors and entertainers to artists, fashion, music, and business, you never know what your takeaway will be, but you'll definitely learn something new. It's a whole new type of talk show. Listen every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Harlem America Digital Network and the Voice America Variety Channel. Want an insider's pass to everything that goes on in Hollywood? Join Summer Helene every week for Behind the Scenes. Summer Helene is known as the Duchess of Hollywood because she knows the insiders, legends, and celebs and brings the stories, the gossip, and the backstage scoop. It's the real Hollywood, though. So this program is for adults only. Behind the Scenes can be heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You 
are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I am your host, John Inglesby, and back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. Before we get started, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is, as discussed in the previous segment, the Alabama-Georgia SEC championship game, the potential game of the year, certainly game of the year up to now, and may turn out when it's all said and done to be the game of the year, uh, 4 p.m., this coming Saturday from Atlanta. And one other quick note, breaking news, Max Scherzer, uh, the pitcher for the Nationals, uh, excuse me, and and most recently the L.A. Dodgers has just signed or is, according to reports, about to sign the biggest contract, annual contract in Major League Baseball history. Uh, That's a wow. Uh, with the New York Mets. But we, as promised, we were going to discuss the epic, shocking coaching change that occurred over the weekend. And AP, that would be, of course, Lincoln Riley announcing that he is taking the USC job. And I believe there's a press conference today out in Los Angeles for that very fact. So uh, AP, especially shocking because after the game, Bedlam game where they lost to Oklahoma State. Uh, Lincoln Riley said he is, quote, not taking the LSU job, which by default means he was stick. One would have thought he was sticking at Oklahoma, but he's shocked the college football world and beyond AP by taking USC. Love to hear your thoughts on that one. Yeah, John, I guess that um, he felt that they were going to be. Transitioning to the SEC, that's a tough division in the West. Alabama, LSU, Auburn, among others, Texas A&M, maybe Texas over there, who knows, wherever pods they come up with to figure out that new new uh, addition to the SEC. And you can go out to Los Angeles and recruit on your bicycle and get all the players that you need, especially quarterbacks in Southern California and wide receivers, and that's its forte and specialty. Right. Exactly. Well, and that was, you know, a big sidelight to this shocking announcement, which is simply that, yes, Oklahoma and Texas, as we know, have announced they are going to the SEC. For my mind, and you make such a good point, AP, how tough it is. In the same light, you know, the flip side of that, of course, is that, you know, Lincoln Riley, Oklahoma, but theoretically, Lincoln Riley would have had a chance to coach in the uh, best conference in college football, the SEC, of course. And uh, so, yeah, uh, that's now gone by the boards, and he's going to try to restore USC to its former glory. Uh, He has a lot to work with out there on the positive front, that's for sure. Yeah, John, I mean, Southern California, he could build that program. And, John, you have to remember, he's going to a place where it's down, but everything he does now to get them back in position, people will love him. Correct. Resurrect that program to prominence. Correct. Both USC fans and, in general, college football fans. Uh, 
USC is one of those schools where college football is better when they're good. No doubt about it. Um, so we'll yes, see how that will absolutely. Turn. Yes, no doubt about it. Um, you know, uh, they're, they're just uh, one of the top couple programs in all of college football and have been forever. And uh, AP, that, you know, that wasn't all that went on this weekend. Uh, I'm down here in Florida. They hired Billy Napier as their coach uh, after letting Dan Mullen go, formerly of the SEC. Uh, you know, been around the SEC for a while. He had coached with other teams beyond uh, before Florida. But, uh, you know, Billy Napier, uh, not the biggest name of them all. But, you know, a name that certainly college football fans are familiar with, given his history. Yes, yeah. Billy Napier has been with Dabo Sweeney. Nick Saban, he built up that program at Louisiana where they're able to upset some Power Five teams and or, or play with them competitively. So he's turned down some SEC positions last year. He was he was considered, I think, probably for um, Tennessee, South Carolina, a number of others, and he waited to for he where he was in a position to take um, the right coaching um, spot for him, the right. School, the, the you know the right league, and it turns out the University of Florida, where you have all that talent in that one state. Yes, and AP. I mean, it's it's quite the gig, University of Florida. Um, so he, he's yes. walking into a tremendous high-profile program, to put it mildly. Uh, obviously, in the SEC, the SEC East, competing with Georgia. But yeah, so AP that brings us down to uh, you know the marquee opening now is. LSU, and then because of Lincoln Riley's decision to go to USC, also the the Oklahoma job is now open. So uh, good stuff there. Uh, the The world will be watching with bated breath to see who takes those two jobs. Oh yes, absolutely. And um, LSU, I think they're in a bind, John, because uh, yep. they were looking at Mel Tucker, they were looking at Jimbo Fisher, they were looking at Lincoln Riley, and they're all under contract and satisfied with the results. So I, I think there's a problem for LSU. I think you're right. I think you're right. They fired, uh, if I'm not mistaken, two coaches who have won national championships uh, in recent years. So that, that, that makes it a very high-pressure job, to put it mildly. Yeah. Who can, how many people can say that, John? I know, no, not many. <laughs> for, for, not for, many for, whatever, for whatever reason, right? For, for whatever reason. For whatever reason, right. The, the facts speak for themselves, AP. So um, it, it's going to be fun to watch. And AP, I just can't thank you enough for your calling in, your expertise, and your painting such a perfect picture of what it was like to be at the Iron Bowl on Saturday. And uh, just... Great having you on again today. Thank you, as always. Thank you, John. It's my pleasure. Thanks again, AP. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. And we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at noon Eastern time. Thanks again for tuning into All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific time, 12 noon Eastern time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.